0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2858, To Eat or Not to Eat, Dealing with Diet Overwhelm by Randy K of naturallyrandyk.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, your personal narrator, except on the extra Sunday bonus episodes where I share an episode from another podcast in the Optimal Living Daily network. Today's coming from my brother's show, Optimal Health Daily. You can find and follow or subscribe to Optimal Health Daily wherever you're listening to this. And now let's get right to the bonus episode as we optimize your life. To eat or not to eat, dealing with diet overwhelm by Randy K of naturallyrandyk.com. Good day, dear listener. Today, I wanna touch on a subject that has been coming up a lot in my conversations lately, food. As wonderful as food is, finding the right diet for yourself can be quite challenging and even self-destructive. As I mentioned in my post about self-care for digestion, I'm no nutrition expert, but going along with my digestion theme as of late, I would like to share with you some insights that could help sift through the diet hullabaloo. But let me start with a story. A friend of mine, let's call her Betty, came up to me yesterday all disgruntled. Betty went on about how horrible she felt trying her new high-protein, low-carb diet. Someone at her work was raving about it, and Betty had already been feeling like she had been carb overloading lately. But haven't we all, am I right? And so she thought she'd give it a whirl. Betty didn't really eat meat or cheese, and then all of a sudden, she overwhelmed herself with these things, thus sending her body into a form of shock and all sorts of sick feelings. So she started researching the diet and read all of the mixed reviews and then came the emotional and mental confusion and frustration. Sound familiar? Though I have never tried that particular diet, I have tried a whole lot of others. I can definitely relate to my sweet Betty and I'm sure you can too. Most of my life, I've been frustrated with my digestion as a whole. So I tried this diet and that meal plan and read this article and that book all contradicting each other, of course. Pretty soon, my relationship with food was even more jacked up than I thought my digestive system was. Food changed from something I loved to something I feared, which was very sad indeed. I'm finding that fear and confusion is oh so common and is growing more and more. So, what do you do? How do you clear the clutter? How do you know whom to trust? Well, I wish there was a one-size-fits-all answer to how it will look for you individually but I will tell you that there is a simple answer to get you on the right path. So, simply put, relax and enjoy food. Find balance in your diet. Pay attention to your body. Allow me to elaborate. Relax and enjoy food. A lot of emotions and tensions can occur when trying a new diet or around food in general. Even with the healthiest of diets, if we are paranoid or upset or confused with what we are eating, our muscles tense up. You may not be aware of it, but they do. Tense muscles and stress hinder digestive functioning, countering whatever efforts you are trying to make with diet. So, relax, calm down. However you eat, be at peace and enjoy what you eat. You will be better for it and it will get you on the right track to finding balance in your diet. Back to the story of disgruntled Betty for a moment. She thought she was eating too many carbs. So instead of just reducing carbs and increasing protein, she let the pendulum swing the other way with no carbs and all protein. It is tempting to live in a world of extremes, but a lot of health is to be had by simply balancing out your diet. I love these quotes from Michael Pollan. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And don't eat anything your great-grandmother wouldn't recognize as food. They are simple and great words to live by. Instead of majorly cutting out things you love and will miss and eventually resent, bring balance. Nourish instead of neglect. Fuel your body with good things, and the not-so-good things will work themselves out. And more than likely, you won't even want the crappy stuff anymore over time. Pay attention to your body. Start noticing how different foods make you feel. Did that bowl of pasta make you feel tired, or did it give you energy? How do you really feel after eating cookies for breakfast? Does this food light you up or bring you down? Taking note after each feast can tell you a lot, more than any book or article. Your body is ultimately wiser than any other source out there. Experts can give you insights and guidance, but at the end of the day, you are your best physician. Journal, meditate, or pray if that's your thing on what path to try. Trust your gut, literally and try to relax and enjoy figuring out what works for you. Also, I know that food sensitivities and allergies are a thing, and those should be tested out with more professional guidance. But I think these principles still apply. You just listened to the post titled, To Eat or Not to Eat, Dealing with Diet Overwhelm by Randy Kay of NaturallyRandyKay.com. I recently read a post to you on a similar topic, but instead of nutrition, it discussed how we need to think about exercise intuitively as well. Remember, I quoted Cosmo Kramer at the end, where he said, well, you know, I don't argue with the body, Jerry. That's an argument. You can't win. Well, all three are in agreement. Whether it's nutrition or exercise or sleep in Kramer's case, it's important to listen to your body. We have nutrition guidelines, exercise guidelines, We have sleep guidelines, but that's exactly what they are, guidelines. They're great because they are research-based and they're a perfect starting point. Use these guidelines, but feel free to modify them to suit your needs. Here's an example. Remember earlier this week, we were talking about caffeine and I shared how I found that I'm sensitive to the effects of caffeine? I talked about how drinking a cup of coffee past noon will likely prevent me from falling asleep at night. Well, there are some that are even more sensitive than me. The current US dietary guidelines for Americans say that adults can consume up to 400 milligrams of caffeine per day, which is little more than one cup of your average brand of coffee. Now, this guideline is based on a ton of research, but isn't it possible that for some, one cup of coffee is enough to make them jittery and keep them up at night? Absolutely. So this is what I mean by listening to your body. We don't completely ignore the guideline. But if you find that after following the guideline and then listening to your body, one cup of coffee is too much and negatively affects you, then you will need to simply modify this guideline so that it suits you best. All right, that'll do it for me for today. I'll be back here tomorrow for our usual Friday Q&A. So stay tuned for that where your optimal life awaits.